Ruin My Childhood. You're listening to Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where we decide if some things are better left in the past. I'm Kat. I'm Mike. We're not even thanking them for listening anymore? No. Wow. (laughs) Why do you have to call me out like that? I'm just flabbergasted. That you have no, okay, no respect on. or appreciation for we our listeners. We thank them at the end of the episode. And we should thank them in advance. <laughs> we are sorry in advance. You are listening to Ruin My Childhood, <laughs> the podcast where we decide if some things are better left in the past. I'm Kat. I'm Mike. And today we are talking about something that should not feel so relevant. Independence Day. <laughs> We're a little late on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been on our list for a long time. How are we late on it, though? Uh, well, it's the end of July by the time this episode drops. It's July 28th as we're recording this. Right, but like, <laughs> no one should be celebrating 4th of July this year anyway. Yeah, it's a little hard to be uh, patriotic right Ooh, now. America, we're number one in COVID cases. Okay, uh, this movie, it is directed by... The person who directed all of the big disaster movies. Roland Emmerich. Emmerich. <laughs> so what's funny is, God, I there's some movies that he's done that I really like. Like, I like this movie, or at least I remember liking this movie. I liked Stargate and The Patriot. But then he Pat did- The Pat Riot. The Pat Riot. He did Godzilla in 1998, which uh, that was our very first episode of Remake Rewind was Godzilla. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I actually, when we went back and watched it, I actually liked the 1998 Godzilla better than the 2014 Godzilla. (laughs) So, but then he also did The Day After Tomorrow, which is awful. He did 2012, which is awful. He did 10,000 BC, which is awful. Didn't they all make a lot of money? They made enough money. It's a popcorn flick. Yeah. They serve a purpose. They have their place in the ecosystem. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) They really do. They really do. Not everything needs to be Academy Award bait. Oh, you know me. I'm totally on board with with the popcorn movie. Oh, yeah. My Uh, favorite movie, or one of my favorite movies, is Point Break. That is not highbrow at all. No. But this is just like (laughs) classic uh, 90s American cinema. So what do you remember? I remember a lot about this movie. I, I mean... I was eight when this came out, so this was a big deal. Every I remember everybody in elementary school talking about this. I remember people constantly quoting the Randy Quaid thing at the end of the movie, like "I'm back" because he like saves the day. And I just remember constantly seeing on DVD and Blu-ray release the the White House blowing up, and that seems iconic. Like when the when the ships finally blow everything up, and you just see like Los Angeles destroyed, New York destroyed, Washington D.C. destroyed. All within a matter of minutes. Like, kind of like right now. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you believe the the right side of the or the right wing news, oh, Portland's on fire right oh, now, even God. though it's one block. <laughs> one block. Yeah. Jesus. But yeah, I remember a lot about this movie. I remember Jeff Goldblum. I remember Will Smith. This was one of his first big movies. Like this was like the first starring movie Will Smith had. He looks so young. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I we just did uh, I Am Legend on Remake Rewind and he was so good in that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see how he was in like his first major blockbuster versus, you know, a more recent one. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to go back and watch some some young Will Smith and see how that was. But yeah, this was a big part of my childhood. I watched it all the time. My neighbor had a copy of this, and I remember that theirs was widescreen. We were only able to watch it on full screen at my house. So I'd always go next door to watch this. Yeah, we always watched it on full screen. So we had the VHS, and I think it was I think it was full screen. But yeah, we always got the the full screen ones even when DVD came out. I regret that now. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we have quite a few wide or full screen movies. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Yeah, we should just get rid of them. (laughs) Did we get any listener comments? We got a few, but I think one is is just next level. And I I think we're just going to read the one and just be done. Okay. So uh, DJ Ryan Fresh, who is a friend of our co-host on uh, Remake Rewind, Alex. His name alone kind of makes this the best comment. It does. He he's great. I'm gonna give him a little shout out. He uh he normally will take sc- uh, screenshots from Simpsons episodes and take Alex Polici quotes 
and put them over Simpson, relevant Simpson <laughs> screenshots. What? And he shares them to us. And we, we've posted a few of them on, on uh, our Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, he takes random quotes from our episodes of Remake Rewind and puts them over Simpsons images. So Nice. Um, but he said, the ID4 toys came with floppy disks that were like mini games or something. I took my stepbrother's disk and reformatted them and used them to hide my early low-res porn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to go. That's pretty smart. <laughs> It's interesting that they shipped with rewritable CDs. Yeah. Those were expensive. That is very strange. <laughs> I don't, no other comment's going to top that. It's not. It's not. We should just go watch yeah. this now. <laughs> this summer, plan your getaway early. Please leave these cities in an orderly fashion. Beat the summer traffic. Nice driving, Pops. And whatever you do, don't look up. Welcome to Earth. Independence Day. Peace! Rated PG-13. All right, we are back from 1996. Wow. That was very 90s. There's only one thing that I'm disappointed about this movie. What? No Will Smith rap. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how long after uh, Fresh Prince was this? I mean, I think Fresh Prince was still going. Really? Let me see when Fresh Prince ended. He I could still be has that Fresh Prince face. I mean, he, it's obviously he's in very good shape. But mm. one of the things that it was kind of funny to me is he was still in incredible shape. He had, you know, some decent arms and everything it's like cut. that. But I just watched I Am Legend where he's doing those weird like pull-ups where his arms are be like behind his head. Mm -hmm. And he is yoked. Like he's yeah. huge. And I, he did that in iRobot and I Am Legend. And he's huge. It's absurd. Uh, Fresh Prince, though. Let me find out when that ended. So that went till ninety six. So the same that ended the same year this movie came out. Got it. So and this wow. is like fresh off of Fresh Prince. Fresh off of Fresh Prince, and this is this was his moment, I guess. Yeah, he I mean he had a string of hits. So he had this, he had Bad Boys, and Men in Black, like back to back to back. That's incredible. Yeah. This movie starts, and it's funny because it's such like the quintessential 90s American popcorn flick. It really is. <laughs> and it literally starts with like a, a photo of our first space litter. I mean, just some, <laughs> some junk on the moon. Uh, you see man's first footprints on the moon being shaken out. I thought that was a really cool thing. The spaceship hovering over it. That, that was pretty cool. My first reaction was, and this wasn't like anything. It was just gut reactions like, Oh no! <laughs> I just said that as that happened because it's like that's historical and you can't get that back. And it's amazing that because there's no atmosphere, it, then there's no weather. The it footprint is, is there. I like it. And but also, it like we left garbage there. I the, mean that the, the, the we land didn't really the lander go. module. It's kind of garbage. Yeah, I mean it is. Yeah, technically we littered on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> most american thing we could have done it's funny because like americans really did litter back then you know just a quick tangent we watched uh you know <laughs> why on is mad this a tangent we on need mad to men <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in mad men the entire series there's an episode early on probably season one or two uh they they all go to like the park and john ham i can't remember his character's name and don draper don draper he dick whitman dick whitman his uh kids get up off the 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 picnic blanket and betty gets off the picnic blanket and he just shakes the trash off from the park and then they walk away america <laughs> yeah people littered in the 60s <laughs> it's, it's so totally gross. fine <laughs> the movie rips right out the gate it does like it's it's action from the first 30 seconds and immediately, like, we don't start off meeting anyone. We meet everyone in the midst of the chaos. The signals are being yeah. disrupted. They don't know anything about what's going on. Yeah, we don't meet Jeff Goldblum for like 10 minutes in. But before we get that, it's almost like the opening to, I guess this movie came out before, but this this movie and Deep Impact had a similar opening <laughs> where some unknown lab geek discovers the signal uh, or discovers some sort of alien presence and they wake up the the professor from the mummy and tell him, like, hey, we got this signal. And then he's like, wait a second. Wait, is this the same universe as the mummy? <laughs> no, I would. No, that guy died in the mummy. <laughs> uh, but he's like, 
oh my god, that signal's coming from 375 kilometers from Earth. That's the moon. It's inside the house. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That would be horrifying, though. I mean, when you think about it, the, the moon is way too close. Yeah, if something knocked it out of its orbit, it'd be bad. Mm. It also had some music right at the beginning that was a little on the nose. The, the, it's the end of the world right. as we know it. Immediately, we get a little um, a little super that's kind of humorous. Oh, yeah? What's that? The desert. Oh, I didn't know those were called supers. To... <laughs> yeah, the supers. What's the the writing? Is that what those are? Isn't that? I mean, that's what I always heard them called. Oh, I had no idea. Like, yeah, we've so got the... a super in this that says, you know. Oh, I I'm learning something the, about the, the, writing, the inner workings. The of, writing on the screen often over the establishing shot that tells you where you're at. Yeah. So yeah, we get a. But I don't. Maybe that's wrong. I like, don't know. I learned that back when I was doing camera work in a TV studio. So as we get. We'll call it a super. For Maybe the sake it's different of the for movies. I don't know. Now I need to know. I, we'll, we'll call it that for now. <laughs> but we, we get some character introductions, and then we get this like super as our, we're seeing the alien presence across the the world. But yeah, it just says Northern Desert, comma Iraq. And my reaction was, ah, yes, the Northern Desert. <laughs> like <laughs> what? They have names. Call it that. Right. And, and it's ridiculous. But I guess it's ninety six. But How many later Americans on, knew where Iraq was in ninety six. But later on, we get another super that just, it, it's also in Iraq, and we just get- Iraq. Iraq. Solid like a rock. Uh, we get another super that just says, desert, comma, Iraq. Like, why? why? <laughs> now I want to know if that truck campaign that had the like a rock was after 9-11. It was, it was before 9-11. Oh. I think. <laughs> God, I don't know. There's so much brainwashing. I'm still deprogramming myself from post 9-11. So after that super, we, we get our first introduction to, to William Smith. 21 minutes. 21 minutes in. And I, I guess we should introduce Jeff Goldblum's character, Dave, first, and then Will Smith, because Jeff Goldblum- His name is Dave. Yeah, his character's I name is Dave. I swear to God, I had no idea. Or David. I don't think they ever call him Dave. It's I David. I think I asked you five minutes before the end of the movie, what's Will Smith's character's name? Oh, his name is Stephen something. Right. Like, I just didn't know their names. I, I mean, it's hard not to just call them Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. Right. It's, yeah. I have no problem calling Bill <laughs> Pullman President Whit- uh, Whitman <laughs> or right. Whitmer because it's May Whitman President <laughs> Whitmer. Whitmire? Whitmire. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, after we get the, the scientist discovering the signal, we get a brief introduction to David, played by Jeff Goldblum, and he's in the park playing chess with his father. And we get a, just a little tidbit about him that he's been divorced for three years but still marries his wedding ring. And he chastises his father about the him using a styrofoam cup. Like, that's the end of the world. I've got more on that. Oh, yeah? Go for it. What you got, girl? It's just funny because, like, okay, so from my standpoint, I grew up in Northern California. My mother was the woman who taught us to recycle. We never littered. I have never intentionally never littered. littered in my entire life. Like, there, nice. th- there's, there's nothing that would make me want to litter. Like, I will haul my own garbage out of the depths of hell with me. Yeah, me too. I'll stuff my pockets full of garbage until I can find somewhere to So, to like, I, it. it was always a part of my life, but my mom also had stickers, like, by every faucet reminding us to, like, save water because it's a precious resource and save the whales and, you know, like, all that stuff. Hey, all sea life matters. So it's kind of funny that like the mention of recycling is just to illustrate what a pain in the ass this guy is. Because <laughs> he's, oh, he's one of those people right. who wants to recycle. Like back in the day when people were first being introduced to yoga and taking care of the earth <laughs> and all those things. And they just thought like everyone who was into that was a total prick. It's yeah. funny. No, it, I, it's I like it, the, these are the parts that we forget about what life was like back this then. This was the cliche in like TV shows, movies, everything. Even into like the early 2000s when recycling was widely accepted, you still had episodes of like The Office and 30 Rock where they they had to have Earth Day and somebody had to dress up in a stupid costume okay, and be but like God, the recycling that's like person. So relevant to today. I agree. Because like everyone who fought oh, this is terrible. Like before the Clean Air Act it was bad, and now we kind of have like the same thing happening in our society where you're like pro progress and saving the planet. You're liberal, yep, and you're kind of seen as like liberal trash. 
And back then it was the same thing. But yeah. like, but we know beyond the shadow of a doubt how much of an impact those legislations that happened for the environment in the 90s made on the earth. Like, Oh, yeah. You see photos of it side by side and it's like irrefutable. It's, it's crazy. We got ozone layer back. But we're back at square one. Amazingly. Well, what's, what's crazy is when, when quarantine first started, I remember how quickly the air got cleaner in los angeles mm -hmm. for a little bit and it's already starting to get dirty again because even though we're not widely open more businesses are back people are going out and hanging out going to the beaches and stuff so like traffic is back again i can see we're looking out our window during sunset right now and you can see you can see smog it's sad yep anyway back to the movie <laughs> uh like you mentioned it's 21 minutes before we meet will smith and it's still not much of an introduction like he just no wakes up and it's it's at this point where spaceships are already starting to hover over the major cities and mm -hmm. it's like rumbling things. And he wakes up and he's like, Oh, is that an earthquake? And Vivica Fox is like, eh, it's, it's a four pointer. <laughs> Go back to sleep. It's like, obviously at least a six. Yeah. So, and then he, he, you have one of these moments. It's a cliche thing where people aren't really paying attention. And he goes and he gets his the, coffee. The neighbors all look like they're moving. Yeah. And wanders outside and doesn't think it's odd that everyone is in their driveways packing up right. their cars. And he's, he's, he's got his coffee. He's looking at the newspaper. And then he like He slowly... has no peripheral vision, apparently. No, no. And he's a pilot. He's very focused. <laughs> oh, a fighter man. pilot. And he has no peripherals. Poor guy. <laughs> but yeah, he looks up as he, like he's got his newspaper and his jaw just kind of drops. And he starts getting dressed. He's like... I know I'm supposed to be on R&R, &R, babe, but I got to go. And she's like, no, you're on vacation. Okay, he's like, hang on, though. Leave like, is canceled, babe. He's wandering around outside completely blind. Like, the spaceship is several miles long, and it's literally hovering on the horizon yeah. right in front of him. And he doesn't see. And then she comes out to yell at him, and she doesn't see it. Yeah. It's... It's they just, just woke bad. up. They it's just bad. woke up. He had his coffee in his hand. He hadn't had his coffee yet. Mm. <laughs> It frustrates me. So at this point, we get a ton of... Goldblum. Like, get a ton of Goldblum. He's, he's, he works for like CNN or something like that. He works for some news agency that's in broadcast. He finds... He's a higher up. Yeah, he, he's like their head tech guy. He, he manages the satellites and whatnot. And so he, he finds the signal that the scientists at the beginning of the movie find or found... And he, I don't know what tools he had. We don't see him really like playing with anything, but he just comes and tells his boss, uh, I, whose name I can't remember. He's that guy with it's the- Harvey, I don't know the, if it's, it's Fierstein or Firestein. Yeah. Is the it Harvey. Steen or Stein? I don't know. Fear or Fire? I don't know. I don't know. There are too many combos. But he basically tells his boss like, hey, I found this signal. It actually repeats in like six hour increments, but there's a countdown. So like, this is going to be an attack. And he tells his boss, like, yeah, get out of the city. Tell your mom to get out of the city. And then then we get over to... Um, A lot goes down yeah. really fast. Well, well, um, we we end up back in that office. And his boss is, like, hiding under the desk, <laughs> yeah. calling his mother yeah. rather than going out and, and figuring out what to do. You know, in this movie, too, which I thought was really funny... He he has an exceptionally raspy voice to begin yeah, with. He does. Most people will know him as uh, the stylist, the brother, the, the brother makeup artist, hair stylist from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep. It sounds like he screamed for three days straight and then smoked five bowls and then showed up to work on this. <laughs> he was very raspy, even more so. I agree. It was oh, different. He's in so many great things, though. There are a ton of different people that work a lot who yeah. are in this. So during this period, even though obviously Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith are the, the breakout stars of this movie, we, we do get a lot of people going back and forth as we get the government figuring out what's going on. We get the president. We get Randy Randy Quaid's family figuring out what's going on. Little uh, Mae Whitman yeah, is little the president's baby, daughter. Yeah, baby Whitman. She's so cute Yeah, she was this. adorable. Uh, Margaret Collin. Margaret Collin. You, she is amazing. Uh, Robert Loggia. We even got Kirsten Warren as her wheelhouse white trash woman. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> was the one, is the one that parties up on the roof. Right. Uh, you got Robert Loggia. You've got... Uh, uh, Noel, Noel Rohr from the X-Files. <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Brent Spiner. <laughs> I just know him as Noel Rohr. <laughs> That's funny because most people would know him from... Uh, uh, Firefly or Chuck? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, you don't. You don't like mm. either of those shows. It's so overrated. Uh, but then you have, um, God, there's so many people. There's so many. <laughs> Harry just, Connick Jr. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick. That's a random. He's worked a lot too. Like you don't really think 
Harry Connick Jr. and think big actor, but he's got a lot of credits. He's got a lot of credits, and he's actually... That's a terrible thing to say. I just, I know nothing in my ignorance about Harry Connick. He plays, (laughs) he's not in this movie very long, but I think his role is a very important role. But through him, we get a lot of... um, We get a lot of exposition. We get a lot of exposition. We also get, he's kind of the comic relief for the 10 minutes he's in the movie, because in the 10 minutes he's in, we get a ton of exposition from the military about what's going on, how the attack is going to work. It's a pretty sweet role. And he he has this part where he like, he leans on Will Smith as like the generals giving them like the plan of attack. And he's like, I'm scared. Hold me. It's funny that uh, I feel like Harry Connick Jr. got more lines for will smith's character development than will Will smith Smith did (laughs) no absolutely because then they end up in the locker room right this might have been before the the briefing but you know around the same time they're in the locker room playing grab ass uh yeah they're playing grab ass they find a will a letter in will smith's locker and will smith's like i can't read it i can't i I can't do it and and harry connick jr's like okay i'll read it space guys it's from nasa and it's like yeah unfortunately you got turned down and then harry connick jr finds Will Smith's engagement ring for Vivica A. Fox. <laughs> so ugly. Oh yeah, it has like it's super it has tacky. Two rapists on it. Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins are rapists. Uh, Call a spade a spade, Michael. Trigger warning. <laughs> Dolphins rape people. Yeah. You've been warned. Yeah. You mentioned he gets Will Smith's character arc gets more lines from Harry Connick Jr. than Will Smith. So he finds the engagement ring. So that's how we find out that Will Smith wants to get married. He's also the way we find out that he wants to be part of NASA and be on a space shuttle. A little bit of misogyny there in that uh, you're never going to fly a space shuttle if you marry a stripper line. And to that point, that's very problematic. But we also didn't know. Exposition of Will Smith's girlfriend. Right. We didn't know she was was a stripper yet. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So it's like we get a ton of, of this exposition from this character who's only in the movie for like five to 10 minutes. In the He's opening, the real hero in right, this movie. In the opening <laughs> act, like this is still arguably act one of the movie. Yeah. And then at this, this is point- This a long movie and it feels every minute of, what is it? Two hours and 26 minutes, I think it was. Yikes. But it also rips. Like it, it's always, there's always something happening, which is insane. Like at this part of the movie, this as they're getting- This movie feels like 2020. You're yeah. like, holy shit. That was a lot. There's more. <laughs> so like at this point, while they're like getting briefed, like this movie, we keep cutting back and forth between the three protagonists, uh, Bill Pullman and the president. Uh, we finally get to a point where we get a ton of exposition about Jeff Goldblum as he's driving to the White House. We find out that the press secretary is his ex-wife, the one whose ring he's still wearing. We find out that he decked the president before he became president. It's because been he... three years since they got divorced. Right. So it's been three years. We find out the reason they got divorced is because Jeff Goldblum got jealous of Bill Pullman, thinking that Bill Pullman was banging his wife. So he decked him, you know, at this point. He like couldn't he couldn't probably... wait it out. Like, it's not going to be more than eight years. Chill, dude. Well, this was before he was president. <laughs> but still, it's like he probably was like a senator or some high-ranking military official, like, to become the president. So I'm convinced that everyone in Washington is banging each other anyway. Good. Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Condi freaky in there but yeah we get we get all this exposition we find out that how smart uh jeff goldblum is we find out at this point that he got his like phd at mit and we find out that he's actually like in addition to being able to scramble the signal and find out what the aliens are up to he has this little gadget that he pulls out and puts on the top of this his uh car roof like a like a police siren it's great it's kind of just like a continuation of the best parts of his character from jurassic park yeah it's funny enough at some point in the movie he actually repeats a line from jurassic park the when he's in the spaceship the go must go faster that's the thing about goldblum like you're always gonna get goldblum it's just a matter of if he fits in the script right and what's funny is this he has some very gold blooming moments in this movie, but I'd still say he plays this movie pretty straight. I think this is probably peak gold bloom in terms of like attractiveness. It is. Like he was looking pretty good. Like you could tell he had some muscle. Like his chest was still looking pretty good. He 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 was kind of sexy. That's some gold bloom right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we get we get a long battle scene right after all that. Yeah. So we get it, it's kind of cool because we're seeing it once again on three fronts. So we get it on. The pres- by the time he gets to the White House, there's only 10 minutes before the countdown ends. So they have to like haul ass to get onto Air Force One. Air Force One's taking off as the White House is exploding and the fireballs chasing them. They barely get into the to the sky. And then you have 
the the stripper friend is up on the roof partying and she she gets you know blasted (laughs) (laughs) she's toast yeah she gets toasted (laughs) and then we get like the big new york uh you know tower getting killed and you just see the big new york tower getting killed Michael, this movie is insane. So, like this part of the movie, clearly, I, I was so juiced at this part of the getting movie. Murdered yeah. all over the place. So yeah, you you get the New York. Oh my god, Michael! <laughs> Federal buildings getting killed. Yep. <laughs> but we get the we get this big skyscraper in New York getting destroyed, and you're just seeing cars flying all over the place. You're, we're seeing our pal Harvey gets killed, and he has this like moment. He's like, oh my god, knowing he's gonna die. There's this one cars- blast, this one specific blast in that whole montage where. They made sure to show you every single car that went flying from that blast. Because, you know, usually you'll get the big explosion and you'll get two or three cutaways. Yeah. This is like cutaway of car. Cutaways. Cutaway of car. Cutaway of car. And we get it in New York and Los Angeles. <laughs> they put a lot of cars on you wires. You see a lot of bodies, too. Yeah, there, there are, are a lot so of many bodies. bodies. Like this, all the fight scenes throughout the movie, you just see bodies flying from everywhere. It's intense. And but you... they go into this battle scene and, okay, like, obviously later they say that lots of people died. But it kind of looks like they're going after the spaceship with 10 fighter jets. And then you see like hundreds of the, the alien fighters coming at them. And it's like, how how were they in the air for more than 30 seconds? Well, that's the thing is we, one, we don't, we didn't know anything about them. You're being very critical when <laughs> there's an alien force we know nothing about. They sent hundreds of fighter jets to fight each one of these things. They didn't realize they even had force fields. So they lost a few guys just trying to fly close to it. And them crashing into the force field, they're like, oh, crap, there's something there. It's just silly. And then after they 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 blow their load on the force field, like they all send all their missiles into the force field. Then you get like a hive of bees coming out, a swarm of bees of these like spaceships flying out. <sighs> and we're going back and forth between that fight with Will Smith in the plane and then we're also now seeing uh, his his fiance well not fiance yet but his his girlfriend I don't know her name Vivica A Fox's character's name um, and Katrina's gonna look it up while I say what's going on yeah but we get this her fleeing Los Angeles and she's got her son and they end up in this tunnel which I'm not sure where this tunnel in Los Angeles is but they're in a tunnel in Los Angeles area and. She looks up in a rear view mirror, sees all the people running in the fireball, and she gets grabs the kid and she starts kicking down this door in a tunnel. And then <laughs> she jumps in and right at the last second, she's like, the kid's like, the dog. So she calls the dog and the dog does this like heroic run and like slow motion, <laughs> oh bouncing God. off of cars, parkour style, and then jumps in right as the fireball goes. We get a slow motion fireball. <laughs> oh, with, with the dog. Uh, is it a golden retriever? <laughs> yeah. Or is it a yellow lab? I can't remember. I think it was. Oh. Jasmine Dubrow. Jasmine Dubrow. That's who it is. Got it. But yeah, that dog is hilarious. It's so I, it was funny cuz that that scene you were laughing at like how how many cars were flying and all the bodies that flying. That scene was hilarious. And then I went like, "Wait, you're going to laugh harder." And I went I counted it down like <laughs> 3 2 1 with my fingers. And then you were like, "You put your hand over your mouth <laughs> when the dog jumped." It was so funny. It's ridiculous. So what's it's crazy about this this scene is where most of this happens, but all that destruction was real. That wasn't CG. They actually built models of Los Angeles, the White House, New York, and actually like detonated it. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie has the record to this day for most miniatures in a in a in a movie ever. Well, and it's not going to be topped, really, because no. everything went CG yeah. right after. Yeah, there's no reason for anyone to beat this, but I, I really appreciate model work. Oh, it deserves it. Like, it, it, it's some solid model work. It looks amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty pretty good on that part. Uh, at the end of that scene, Will crash lands <laughs> near one of the alien ships. He's screaming as he climbs out. He unclips himself from his emergency chute and he goes over, <laughs> opens the spaceship. We get like a few seconds of him like watching these green tentacles <laughs> like, flopping just, around, just wiggling like some puppeteers in there, like waving <laughs> stuff around. And then he punches the alien in the face. And what doesn't really make sense about this is later on we find out, like, that's not the alien. That's like an Iron Man suit that the alien wears. Like, you would think it would be able to handle a punch. Yeah, I don't know. So, now granted, the alien was probably already... gelatinous. It was probably a little concussed already because it just crashed. 
<laughs> it crashed into a cliff and like went through the cliff and up onto the rocks. It's ridiculous. So what's funny is in this scene, he now has to, as he was flying, there's just like a throwaway line that he saw in a base of some kind he while flying. Saw? He seen t- uh, <laughs> he seen a base while he was he was flying around, and that that ends up being Area Fifty One. But he starts dragging this alien in his parachute across <laughs> the desert, and this is like one of those dry salt bed things, yeah, like out in like Utah, like is the where salt they and sea, yeah, something like that. And they, what's funny is they, there's a bunch of stuff that happened on this set when they were doing that. So one, there actually are little crustaceans. Uh, uh, crustaceans. There, there are some crustaceans that live there when the water when there's water. Oh. And when they die, the water's very shallow, so you can smell them decomposing. So apparently, right after it drains, there's millions of decomposing crustaceans. Oh, and how so fun for them. Will Smith's character says something like, "What is that smell?" That was at like that was just an and and a real reaction because oh, he was like in the middle of the take and he got a whiff of it the wind shifted and he got a whiff and he's like what is that and then went back into the line i mean what would an alien smell like anyway exactly. like most people can't even handle like but, mexican food but that happened and then the other thing that happens because it's we also have this salt plains that's very reflective it's kind of like a mirror so it was so bright and sunny that the sun would shine down hit the earth and then bounce up everybody's pants so the entire crew and all and will smith got sunburns on their legs even though they were wearing long pants that's so frustrating (laughs) that's that's (laughs) that's crazy like i did that's not even something i would think about bad day on set nobody is that something you would even think about no now at at this point i'm sure Every single one of those crew, if they're ever filming in the desert, they're like, hey, tuck your socks into your, <laughs> tuck your pants into your socks so you don't get sunburned. Uh, okay, so here's one thing I don't understand. Like, how did he know the exact location? Like, it's a hidden base. He's a pilot, and this time his peripherals worked. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Because he saw it. So I don't even think we saw it, but, you know, at this point, we're now several hours removed from the alien attack. We're hearing that the ships are now moving. And we hear that from Randy Quaid's family. Like they're like camping out in this RV with a bunch of other people and their RVs. And they're like, oh, yep, they're, they're leaving because the ships are moving. We should probably move too. stay ahead of them. And they're just driving through the desert and they run into Will Smith's character out in the desert. And Will Smith's like, oh, there's a base over there. I, I saw it while flying. Like there's it's no so like. But they find it. There are a lot of things in this movie that are very convenient and they get it out of the way in as few seconds as possible so that you don't have time to be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything at this point becomes a matter of convenience. So It's totally convenient. We, we at this point, before Will Smith shows up at the Air Force or the Area 51, we have, while they're in Air Force One, realizing they're going to have to land eventually, uh, they're getting in an argument on the plane. David is arguing with the president. He's like argue, the the president mentions that maybe they should consider nuking the the spaceships, and we maybe get, we should consider nuking these things that are then gonna fall onto the major cities. Yeah, and uh, the fallout of our own country. So Jeff Goldblum says all this stuff. He's like, "Are you kidding me? Like you're gonna nuke your own country? You're gonna get fallout everywhere?" And the president and the secretary of defense are like, "Who are you? Like you don't know anything." And so his dad, um, Jeff Goldblum's dad, is like, if it wasn't for him, you guys would all be dead at the White House. The entire world would be dead because they wouldn't know that wouldn't have known these attacks were coming. You know, he saved the world already once. Like, you better listen to him. And so he, and then the dad mentions something like, I know you guys know about the Roswell Area 51 stuff. And he's like joking. He's not being serious about it. And the president's like, yeah, that doesn't exist. And the Secretary of Defense is like, no, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Need to know, or what was it? Plausible, Plausible deniability. deniability. Yep. So we get to Area Fifty One. I hope we have that. Oh, we the, the twice since uh, coronavirus has hit, they've tried to change the narrative and focus. Like we've given two giant info dumps on UFOs in the last three months, and everyone's like, "Oh, aliens? Okay, fine. Are we all dead or what?" Right. <laughs> can we can we go can we go to the bar and get a drink? <laughs> can we go to the beach yet? Can I get my hair done? Yeah. So we get to Area 51. We meet Data. We meet Data, Brent Spiner. Um, this kind of bothers me. Like as what? soon as the president meets him, he's sizing this guy up. He's got like some sweet long hippie hair. You know, he literally 
lives and works underground. The president, like, looks him up and down, and he says, well, Data says, uh, they don't let us out much. And the president is like, I understand. And he's just, like, looking at him like he's scum. Didn't he say something already that was kind of messed up? Like, the last 24 hours have been amazing, and the president's like, millions of people have died? I think died. that was after that. Oh, that was after, because they were looking at the spaceship when it happened. Right. So... We, we get a ton of exposition. We find out that Roswell actually were the same aliens that we're experiencing now. So they've so, had this ship the whole time, but it wouldn't power up until this mothership got closer. Correct. So it activated the spaceship. So all of a sudden, the spaceship they've had for 50 years is floating around. They, they started getting these signals. And we find out that three aliens survived the crash. Or like one died on impact, one died like a day later, and then... One survived several weeks. So we find out a little bit that they have like these weird exoskeleton Iron Man suits. And then they have similar tolerances to cold and heat as humans. <laughs> they breathe oxygen. They have eyes and ears, but no vocal cords. So we but don't know how they still make noises. I mean, I, that could just be breathing. Mm, like a lobster hissing. <laughs> I mean, if you breathe, even without vocal cords, you still make a sound. And bugs can shriek and stuff as air escapes different vents and whatnot. Escapes. Yeah. As it escapes from the exoskeletons. Exactly. So we we get a lot of this like exposition right here about what they're about. They Will Smith shows up. I actually really like this scene where he shows up with like all the rednecks. <laughs> and the, the guy at the gate doesn't want to let him in. He's like, I understand that you're a captain, but I, I can't let you on the base. Like, I need your like credentials. He's like, check back there. And he like he lifts up the parachute and you see the alien. And he's like, let him in. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but then they do like this really rad scene. Like, I forgot how creepy and dark the scene was and how long it actually goes. But we get this like autopsy. They're like cutting open the exoskeleton. And then uh, Brent Spiner's like mind gets attacked by the alien. Like he kind of like possesses him and uses yeah. him to communicate with the president. And we find out that basically they're like locusts. They go to one planet, they use all the resources, and then they go to the next and use all the resources and whatnot. But we find out that there's absolutely no hope of peace. Their only goal is to kill humans so they can take over the planet and we get that all because they try to he tries to like mind attack probe the president and mind attack probe and he's like taking over the president's mind when one like the general looks at the guy from Firefly and X-Files I, I don't remember the the name that you use for the X-Files no roar no no roar <laughs> is that just like a <laughs> like a no roar i don't know oh god <laughs> anyhow um it's it's a really cheesy scene but the the general's like, is that bulletproof glass? And then he pulls out a pistol and he's like, no, sir. And then just like starts shooting at the alien. And he's got just a little handgun, like a little nine millimeter pistol. And then like the, you see the aliens like, and it's like, it's like moving its shoulders <laughs> it back and forth. And like it's, it's getting hit by like a machine gun. And then it flies like 20 feet and hits the wall. It's like, come on. There's a lot that happens in this area, uh, we find out that, I mean, obviously, El Toro's been completely destroyed. That was Will Smith's base. He he gets the news, like, the, the dude tell, tells me, he's like, what, they didn't tell you? El yeah. Toro's been destroyed. Oh, like, son, they didn't tell literally, you? Literally, like, one beat, and then he walks away. Yeah, it's almost like, you're an idiot for not knowing this. <laughs> but also, at that point, it's like, 48 hours in, you're like, dude, everyone we've ever loved is dead. Yeah. What do you want me to do about it? Well, then they let him <laughs> take a helicopter to go to Los Angeles to look for his stripper fiance. Whoa, Mike. Easy. <laughs> well, that's the judgmental tone. No, that's like everybody's tone of her in this movie. <laughs> stripper except for fiance. the except for the first lady. She's not the fiance yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but except for the first lady, the first lady's like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> right, cuz they end up together like of all people. Yeah. That's so Her strange. helicopter crashed right where Vivica A. Fox and I don't even her know. kid. Like, honestly, this whole second half of the movie, it's like they nuked the ship. They nuked Houston. It didn't take the ship down. They're like, has the target been destroyed? No, ship's still no, there. they say, yep. And they're like, can we get visual confirmation? And then it's like they're in a submarine with the periscope turned the wrong way. And then they just turn around and it's like the whole field of vision is the <laughs> ship. It's like, my bad. <laughs> still there. It is still there. It's like when a mom, like when a kid's like, mom. Where's my juice box? And she's like, it's in the fridge. No, it isn't. I checked. It's behind the milk. No, it isn't. Oh, there it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's dumb. 
this whole second half of the movie, like it goes so fast and so much happens. And I think they they just kept everything in because if you had too much time to think about what you were watching, you were just like, what it falls apart. is this? Yeah, so it, it it the movie rips at this point, so we get rips ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum uh figures out that I don't I didn't catch what his father said, but his father said something cuz Jeff Goldblum is like <laughs> recycling. <laughs> kind of but no he's like throwing stuff around in the lab he's like kicking garbage cans and stuff and then dad's like but he's like doing it so unenthusiastically it's almost like it was like he was choreographed and they said at the end we just want you to fall so that you're leaning against that suitcase but like it's a suitcase with wheels yeah it doesn't make so he's like flailing and he has to fall dramatically so he just looks like a child throwing a tantrum because it's so it, it, obviously mechanical it's almost like if michael sarah was throwing a tantrum yeah that's just, <laughs> it's just slow i think there's just some bad directing right there so yeah he gets this weird thing and the, the father says something that makes goldblum like aha then figures out he needs to write like a computer virus for the the spaceships and then it's just like, oh, for yeah. The, for the mothership specifically. For the mothership that will the cascade mo- through the, right, the rest of the ships. because they're all interlinked. Right. And so... Electromagnetically. Did they say electromagnetically? I mean, that's I thought what they were, it, that's the they were just that using, would make sense. I thought, no, they were using our satellites. So all of our... The, their spaceships were communicating with our satellites because they didn't have line of sight going around the globe. How and then they stop uh, radar, though? This is interference. I don't know. That we basically get just BS that these aliens like disrupt everything, so we can't really track them other Super than like Doppler. Super Iraqi or... desert. <laughs> <laughs> just don't ask too many questions, and it's a great film. Yeah. So we get through. He figures out they have to do the virus. They just like the guy's like, yeah, the spaceship probably works, and like the Secretary of Defense is like, no, it doesn't. Jeff Goldman's like, take the clips off, and then it, like it's floating. They're like, okay, cool. Will Smith could fly it. Yeah. And, and then they go up into space. They they're successful. They upload the the missile. Um, we do get this like character moment where Will Smith has to like smoke a cigar every time he finishes a mission, and Jeff Goldblum smokes the cigar. And it was like this big character moment, like, "Hey, you're smoking a cigar. The nerd smoking a cigar. Oh, nerd's trying to be cool and smoke a cigar now." And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like leaning on his ex wife. He's like, "I got my girl back. I've got my cigar. I'm Jeff Goldblum." gross yeah and then we get the 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 front attack is the president decides to get into an airplane after giving that i don't know how we didn't bring up the speech as one of the things remember the arguably the most famous thing in this movie besides the explosions is his speech the this isn't just an american holiday this is our the world's independence day like that big inspirational speech people throw it play it all the time we just watched it and i don't remember it that's funny because that's <laughs> if you look up like inspirational speeches just type in inspirational speech on youtube this will pop up yikes so the president leads the attack in the planes um as they're taking down the the mothership or not the mothership just a spaceship and they're just they all blow their load their their loads are all over the place <laughs> I don't even follow what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> it's all, all the, you know, every pilot they can get. So they have civilians flying fighter jets. Right. Uh, you know, crop dusters. Uh, any, anybody. Uh, anybody. Uh, shut up. It's like an Arnold thing. <laughs> no, they, um, they, <laughs> they take anyone who can fly. Like, literally, this dude stands up on a stage. He's like, we need pilots. And, like, this dude in cargo shorts is like, yo, yo, that's me. <laughs> Just walks up. Yeah. They get all these dads who. Randy have, Quaid is drinking. Who fly like <laughs> twin prop planes. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, everyone gather around while we teach you how to. To fly <laughs> this ten million dollar jet. I don't. How much is a jet from the nineties? No, those probably are probably way more than no, that. Those are probably hundreds billion. of millions. Like I don't even know. I think like one fighter jet is like two hundred and twenty five million dollars. And they just keep getting more expensive. Yeah, but dude. I just, I just don't know what the inflation was from ninety six to now. And the probably cost like of half fighter jets. I don't know. But I have no idea. They, yeah, they put all these guys in there, and they're just they shooting just their te- missiles. Teach them how to fly jets and deal with the G force without G suits. You know, it's fine. There's a line, of something like, like Adam Baldwin's character, uh, Noel Rohr from X Files. <laughs> Jane from Firefly. What's his name in this? I don't know. We'll just name. call him Null Roar. <laughs> he he says something along the lines like, "We've got ninety minutes to teach you fifty years of aeronautics." 
and then they all died. Most of a lot of them. Did. <laughs> Most so of them died. They they shoot. They all run out of missiles, and the president. They're like, yeah, nobody has missiles. And then the drunk dad, Randy with the Quaid, red plane. Yeah, <laughs> the red plane. <laughs> he shows up, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm late, Mister President. I've got one." And he goes to shoot the missile, and it malfunctions. So he realizes he has to sacrifice goes himself. Kamikaze. And the whole movie, his son is very like angry with his father because he's a drunk and he he cropped us the wrong field and you know he's just embarrassing somehow this kid gets into like the command center of the mission and hears the dad being like there are like six kids in there yeah hey you know tell my 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 kids i love them and he flies up into the anus of the spaceship (laughs) as the sphincters as the sphincters is opening up to let its load out to to void no, it's, it's closing at that point no it's it, it's opening because it's about to fire no it, it already opened and then it's like the the spires are going in so he almost doesn't make it inside well it well there's like two sphincters it's like a sphincter a big sphincter that's opening so the little sphincter can like focus and shoot like squirt the the laser out the sphincters are dilating and calibrating yeah so like it's about to do the same type of attack that destroyed new york and los angeles so he flies up and he's like Hello, boys. I'm back. And then, like, flies into the blast with his, like, missile. It and blows up the entire everything ship. Everything blows up because yeah. they're all controlled remotely. Well, no, each That's person. A no, strange, no, 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 no. It wasn't like that. They all had to do their other thing. He get right after it's done, they get on the radio. The president says, All right, tell everybody else, because they're using Morse code to communicate, like, what you have to do, you need to destroy it while right before they fire. So there's a line that's saying, like, okay, go tell all of our allies how to destroy these ships. Because the other, so we only actually saw one get well, destroyed. Well, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. I think what happens is they destroy the big ships and then the little fighter ones just fall out of the oh, sky. Oh, the little fighter ones, those... yeah. I thought you meant all the big ships. No. Okay, yeah, because they're not, they're not like a hive mind where they all just collapse. Okay, right. yeah, so the little ships, I think you're right. The little ships are hive mind. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he <laughs> destroys the ship and then the president goes... That son of a bitch. Like, he, he, it was just an awkward delivery. Take wasn't a like, look at his earthlings. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but just really quick, like, the, you, you mentioned that Bill Pullman earlier when he meets Brett Spiner's character was just kind of like delivers the line, yeah, I can see why. He does this thing where this guy... He's just, not a likable dude. He in this saves movie. the world, like by just sacrificing himself. And the guy's like, I could see the line was like, that son of a bitch did it. Like, but he's like, that son of a bitch did it. And I'm like, that guy's a hero. <laughs> he just sacrificed himself for the world. Right. No, I understand why he's an unpopular president. Yeah. Which is funny because like Bill Pullman is such a charismatic, like attractive, likable dude overall. And yeah. his character is like, he's just not like you don't really like him. You're not quite rooting for him. Well, and like you said, he's very likable. Like in, in You've Got Mail. Oh, no. As Sleepless in, uh, uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. He's just like totally cool with Meg Ryan. Like, oh, you want to go bang Tom Hanks? By all means. That's not how that goes. It's almost exactly that. It's not that at all. You want to go be in a relationship with this guy you've never met? By all means, I hope you're happy. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much the end of the movie. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> both. <laughs> both this and, and this one. But yeah, like they saved the day and 20 years later they made a sequel and it was awful. You know what? I, I, It's weird. I would love to see this remade today with like our special effects and some better directing and writing. I think better acting. It has good bones. But honestly. It could be really fun. I think the special effects were good enough because so much of it was practical. I don't want to. Say, I don't think I would want the special effects redone. No, I think we just have a slightly higher standard for blockbuster scripts now. Yeah. Than we did back then. Oh, for sure. I've never thought this was a good movie, but it was just so fun. But like, if it was made today, it could be really fun. Except they tried it in 2016, and it was awful. Was it the same movie though? Well, no, it was a sequel to this one, but yeah. you, it was the plot was pretty much the same. Was like, it? yeah, the, the, there's the, the aliens are back. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Where'd they come from? They, it was just like, this was just one fleet. So they, they take over a bunch of different planets at the same time. So this was the first time in the 2016 Independence Day resurgence, I think is what it was called. The aliens are back. But this time we're, we're like cocky. We're like, we've uh, reverse engineered all their, their tech. So we've got like faster than light speed now. We also have uh, like portable versions of that giant laser for, you know, our military bases. So we're all cocky. Like if the aliens ever come back. 
they're screwed. But then it's the same plot, basically. Nice. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's back. Bill Pullman's back. Will Smith isn't. So that movie, they wrote two scripts when they were getting ready to be made. One, if Will Smith agreed to come back. When they were getting ready to be made. When it was getting ready to be made, yes. Um, They had one script if Will Smith wanted to come back and another one if he didn't come back. Oh, my God. He didn't come back. And so he's killed there. It's like, oh, yeah, he was testing a new spaceship prototype and it crashed and he died. (laughs) Yeah. That had to be so frustrating to be like uh, tentatively booked as a character contingent on if Will Smith feels like doing this film. Right. (laughs) Because you know there had to be a few. For sure. I'd love to find out who they were. I don't know. And I don't care because that movie was atrocious. (sighs) It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, did this ruin your childhood? No, I had a blast watching this. I actually was surprised at how well the special effects held up. And I was expecting a much goofier Jeff Goldblum. This was kind of a subdued Goldblum with his some Goldblum highlights. And I found it him pretty good. I was... It was a moderate Goldblum. I was a little confused by Will Smith's acting because I just watched I Am Legend, which was... Confused is a nice word. He was... He, <laughs> he was terrible. Yeah, he... He was he, not good in this. He, he His delivery wasn't good. And watching I Am Legend where it's like, honestly... <laughs> I think I Am Legend, he gives an almost Oscar-worthy performance. Like, he's very good. I I think part of it is his style of acting. He really lets stuff land, and he really, like, lets it sit there. Yeah. And there's no time for that in this this movie. Not in this movie. So I think think part of what we do see is very much edited down from a larger performance. Right. And I think you get that. That makes a ton of sense, because he was just coming off of a sitcom. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he did this, and then he did Men in Black, and Men in Black, it's much more punchier. Like, he learned from this movie and took that with him in Men in Black, because I think he's much better in Men in Black. I mean, obviously, it worked for him. Well, for sure. He's... he's... (laughs) Whatever it was. Yeah, he did great. This did not ruin my childhood. I had fun. Um, I... (laughs) It was really fun to watch, although the, like, last hour, I, I felt like, okay, this movie could be over already. Um, it's not something I would ever watch again, I don't think. But I, I'll watch it again. I think it, it held up a lot better than I expected. All right. So that pretty much wraps that up. What are we going to discuss next time? I'm thinking we should do a baseball movie since baseball season just started. You want to do Angels in the Outfield or Rookie of the Year? Neither. I don't care. Angels in the Outfield. Oh, Baby JGL. Who? Baby JGL. Oh. Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. God, I can't stand sports movies, but you know, whatever. This one's got Tony Danza and Danny Glover. Hold me closer, Tony Danny Danza. Glover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, Katrina, Cat, love my life. Where can our followers find you on the interwebs? I am all over the internet at Katrinaocity. Check out her YouTube. Woo! Uh, you can check out everything that's MDX. You can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at MDX Pods. Uh, check out our Patreon if you want early access to the show. But that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>